0: This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am very excited to be here today. I have a special guest for us who has just written a book called Simple Mercies, and we're going to talk all about that as I welcome Laura Patangan. Uh, She is an inspirational speaker and author who believes in the power of God's mercy to change lives. She has written for a variety of magazines, newspapers, and Catholic publications and is an op-ed writer for the Florida Times Union. Previously, she worked in fundraising for various nonprofits, including a domestic violence shelter, an AIDS service organization, and Children's Hospital of New Orleans. She lives in Jacksonville, Florida, with her husband and their two sons. Her first book, Simple Mercies, How the Works of Mercy Brings Peace and Fulfillment, is available now, and that is available through Our Sunday visitors. So welcome, Laura.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: So you live right up the road, sort of, from me. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just five hours or so. Um, right.
1: But still, that's, I mean, that feels closer than, than a lot of the, the other Catholic writers I've met or, you know, seem to be in all of these snowy places. So I was excited to hear you were from Florida. Yes,
0: yes. And um, it is always exciting to find Flo- fellow Floridians um, who are doing the same, same work, right? So tell yeah. us a little bit about your new book that you have coming out.
1: Uh, so the book is uh, simple Mercies: how the works of mercy bring peace and fulfillment. And it, it's basically, you know, when I turned 40, I, I was having a, you know, 40 was like a milestone birthday and I wanted to do something fun to celebrate. And I kept thinking of all of these, you know, typical things you think of like a party, you know, a trip, some buying something shiny and, um, and none of it appealed to me. And I think it, it, it was really, you know, I had just gotten to this point in my life where I realized that the, 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 the messages of the world that, that had told me what would make me happy didn't, you know, they kind of left me feeling hollow. And so I decided I would spend my 40th year instead doing these corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And it really was a Holy spirit, You know, kind of moment and decision for me because I really, I I knew so little even about what the corporal work, the works of mercy were. I could not name them for you. You know, I just knew that it had something to do with service, and I and I, but I felt this. I was very compelled to go out and to do this, and and just thought it would um, it would be so great. And so I did. I spent the year doing the works of mercy, and. I think at the end of that, I realized how little I had understood mercy, just, you know, that it was just this, this fancy word I heard at church, you know, it didn't, I didn't get how desperate I was for God's mercy in my own life. You know, here I was thinking that mercy was something that, you know, I was going to go and do for other people, you know, people in need and everything. And I didn't recognize my own hungry need for mercy. And so that was a real, um, turning point in my faith life and my relationship with God. And so the book includes some of the stories from that year, but it's also, I think what, what motivated me to write the book is I was just so tired of the world's messages that we have to, um, achieve to matter you know it's just it's this constant do more have more be more make more and you know I was just basically a stay-at-home mom with two boys and so I'm you know I'm at the bottom of the totem pole nobody thinks I do anything you know because I'm just a mother and um and I resented that you know because I I wanted to do what I would was doing and it was very important to me, but it was hard work and um, and so it really I think the book seeks to um, inspire and encourage other people that their that the service that they do you know even in in the mundane of their day it matters and it makes a difference and um, and I think that's really important to recognize because. I think so many of us, you know, are serving, you know, in our homes with our elderly parents, with young grandchildren, and we don't always make the connection about how much we do, you know, matters.
0: I think those are some really important and very big points you have just made. So yeah, everything we do matters and service does not have to be grandiose, huge projects. Often, right. being kind in small, simple ways is really what matters and does make a difference. But Before we get too much into that topic, let's go back just for a minute, and I'm not going to give you a test or anything, but <laughs> corporal and spiritual works of mercy, all right? So where, where do those come from, and, and what are those about? Just a brief overview, or actually just even just tell us a couple of them.
1: Okay. They're basically biblically based, you know, from the gospel of Matthew. And when, when, you know, Jesus is saying, when you did this to the least of my brothers, you did it for me. You know, I think we're all pretty familiar with that passage. And I think most of us are familiar with um, more of the corporal works of mercy, which are, you know, feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, shelter the homeless, you know, the things that, have to, that we typically think of when we think of going out and serving the poor. Um, but I think we're a little less in touch with this the spiritual works of mercy, um, which is, you know, counsel the doubtful, comfort the sorrowful, admonish the sinner. Nobody ever wants to talk about that one. Um, and I think <laughs> really important work of mercy. And I realize how loaded it is, but, um, you know, to, to forgive others, you know, that's another, I mean, that's something that, you know, we're definitely familiar with. In our faith, but that I think most all of us struggle with, you know, so, but those, but I think that's what happened is I, I fell in love with these works of mercy, because I realized how encompassing they are, you know, and in, 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 almost every aspect of our life, like we need these, you know, it's like, um, it's like the admonished sinner one, even though, you know, again, that's, you know, Christians are often stigmatized or, um, as, as being very judgmental and, um, and yet it, it's not really about judging others. It's about, you know, loving somebody enough to correct them, you know, to keep them from, from harming, you know, themselves or others through their, their sins and their behavior. And I know that in my own life, like the, the, the people that I'm most indebted to are people who have risked having a hard conversation with me. You know, I mean, we don't, they're your closest friends that, you know, that pull you aside. I mean, I think that, you know, stuff like that, we don't think of as, um, as a work of mercy, but it is, and it's, it's, it's so powerful and life-changing.
0: Yeah. All of those things. And, and it's true that we often tend to shy away from the ones that are more difficult and the easy ones like, okay, clothe the naked. Okay. Well, I can put together a bag of old clothes and Right. Send them off to the, um, you know, the clothing drive or, you know, bag up some groceries from the grocery store and bring them to the food bank. Those are pretty, uh, they're not loaded, right? They're, they're not going to get you into like a right. trouble or, or, you know, seeing people that maybe make you uncomfortable. But as I was reading through some of your stories, you really did do things, in this, in your in your year, right? You went out and you worked in different places, and you entered into different people's situations. Maybe that you wouldn't have if you weren't doing this. Um, and I think if someone were going to choose, uh, is forty midlife. I don't want to discuss whether or not forty is midlife. <laughs> um, but if you're going to have a midlife crisis, what a great crisis, right? So to speak, to have because right. it makes us then out of ourselves and into the world and serving the people that God puts in front of us. So of all the stories of all the places that you went on your adventures in this year, what was, what was maybe the most difficult one?
1: Um, I did a lot of, you know, what some, what one person would read about, you know, they may think was the most difficult. So they might be surprised to learn. But one of the most difficult was I um, was, there was an 11 year old girl with leukemia and it, and I did not know the, the little girl. I did not know her family, anything, but she, my, my best friend growing up, um, she, she called me a God girl. <laughs> and so she, she, her, her friend was collecting these Bible verses um, they were collecting these Bible verses. It was her friend who, whose daughter had leukemia. And so she came to me and she said, um, what's a good Bible verse, you know, to, to use. And, um, and so I gave her some, but then I thought, well, what not this be great? Because I had a blog, I had, you know, readers on my blog. Wouldn't it be great if we got, um, everybody to, to give a Bible verse and, um, and how cool would that be for her to, to know all of these people were praying for her that she, you know, that she didn't know. And, um, and so, and so it's always happy. So it started off as this really happy work of mercy, like, yay, we're going to do this fun, happy thing for people. And, um, and we're going to send it to her. And, and so we did it. And I, you know, I got a lot of responses and I put them together for her and sent them to my friend to send to her. um and, the day after I sent them, I learned from my friend that, um, that her father took his, his life. Oh my Um, goodness. And it, and it would, it just, it devastated me. And again, I didn't know any of them, but you know, this was an 11 year old little girl. My son was 11 at the time. Um, And I I just, um, you know, it kind of broke me, you know, because I, I just, it, it, again, I think, um, you know, you can't do these works of mercy without acknowledging the suffering in our world. And it's really hard. You know, it's like, on the one hand, we can talk about God, you know, as being such love and such light and such peace and all of this. But then, you know, the reality is, there's so much suffering in our world in our lives. And it's just, sometimes it's hard to reconcile that, you know, to kind of, um, make that fit. And so that was a really, um, difficult time. And I didn't, I didn't tell my readers, I just said that he passed away unexpectedly. And then we raised money for the family. So I, you know, and and people stepped up and helped with that, which again, was really generous and beautiful of other people. But, um, but it was like, I carried that just knowing that, you know, but I didn't, um, you know, there's such a stigma with suicide. So I didn't know if it was okay to share and I didn't, um, you know, I mean, the other thing too, that, that was honestly on my mind throughout that whole year, because I was writing about my experiences as I was doing them and and sharing with, with people is, um, I wanted it, I wanted it to be positive. You know, I didn't want, um, and I, and I, I had to walk that line, I think between being truthful and honest about how some of these difficult, these works of mercy were, and also, um, you know, trying to make people realize, but it's worth it. You know what I mean? And I think, I think what this example is, as tragic and sad as it is, um, it was worth it. I mean, we still, we, we were able to raise money for her. She still knew all of these people um, that she didn't know. I mean, I think it's so powerful sometimes when we don't know people, if we do stuff for them, I think in some ways that's more, more beautiful, you know? And, um, and I do want to just say to, just to, to end on a happy note that, you know, the little girl is just now finishing her first year in college, you know, so she beat leukemia for the, the second time in her life, you know, which is, um, which is beautiful and hope, you know, and just, and God was good. And I think that, um, that her, that she was definitely embraced with, with prayer and, and love throughout that time, you know, I, her mother had a strong faith life and everything else. So, um, But for sure, that was the the most difficult for me.
0: I could certainly see that being difficult because here you're trying to do something good and kind and generous. And it was, and then more devastation happens to this poor girl who is sick. Um, But, you know, Jesus reminds us that, right? That it's not how we treat those who we love or know or know that are going to pay us back. It's how we treat the stranger. And I think that's a beautiful example of that young girl was a stranger to you. Um, You know, a friend of a friend of a friend kind of situation. And, but in your humanity, in your love for Christ, you were still able to reach out to her in love and then to help when there was, there was more trouble that happened, you know, um, And to honor that, her, the the confidentiality, to honor, to show honor to her and her family by not pulling away when things got difficult. Right. Um, And I do think, I think you're absolutely right when you said that it does mean more the idea of people who you don't know, who are willing to, to help, to pray, to do the things that are hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so tell us a little bit about the format of the book.
1: So each, um, each chapter is one of the works of mercies. Um, and so in in some ways I feel like each one is kind of a little standalone. Um, I mean, they, they, they all tie back to the same message, of course, but, but the works of mercy are so different. Um, and again, they include stories from that year, but also, um, more recent things and just, and just how much, um, you know, just that other aspect of how much I came to realize that I need mercy and that also that, you know, that, and the peace that we can all have by doing these things from others. And part of that is just the intention and recognition of saying, I'm cooking dinner for my family. Um, especially my children do not love my cooking and I do not love love to cook for them. (laughs) So it's a, it's a two way street. Okay. We're just going to get all that on the table. And, um, but I'm doing this as an act of love and I can, and by just recognizing that I cannot feel resentful and I can tie it to my relationship with God, you know, that you're, that I, I think, you know, we all know, like you, it's easy to be in mass and to be focused on God or in adoration or during our prayer time. But in the day-to-day grit of our day, I think it's easy to forget our call to, to worship God in all things, you know? And, and I think, you know, doing works of mercy is that because, you know, this is not a book that is telling you, Um, that at all, you need to go out and do what I did, or that you need to, you know, if you have time in your life, and you are called to, to serve at the homeless shelter, you know, for sure, you should answer that call. But this is a, this is a book that's just really trying to encourage you to recognize that the service you already do matters, you know, to your neighbor, and it can matter even more to your relationship with God, and bring you that sense of peace, if you can, if you can tie those things together, you know, but I think we have to be intentional and make the effort to tie those things together.
0: That's a really important point, I think, to be intentional, to see how things do tie together and that you're not suggesting that people do huge things just to do the simple, ordinary things because the reality is, is that God calls each of us to something different. Right and so you know, like you were saying when you opened up, you know that you're you're a mom and you feel like you're at the bottom of the totem pole, but what's more important than raising people, children to become productive, faithful adults who care about others?
1: Yeah. what
0: is more important, right? I don't think there is anything more important um, and we forget that, but so it's that idea that that God is with you. One, one saint said, maybe you, you will know who I cannot remember. But you know, <laughs> God is among the pots and pans.
1: Yes. I think it's St. Teresa of Avila. Cause I, I did okay. put that in my feed the chapter book. It's and it was the first time i had come across that quote, but I did think it was so good.
0: Yeah. I mean, he he's in the pots and pans, you know? Uh, and I rarely do the pots and pans because I <laughs> do the cooking. And so my husband does The dishes, but you know, and when he cooks, we swap. Um, But actually, truthfully, he probably does the dishes like ninety-five percent of the time. Um, But that's that's his thing, right? That's how he does a corporal work of mercy, you know. And it's important. All of those things are important. Could you imagine if we never changed our baby's diapers? Oh my goodness, what would happen? It's important. It's necessary. I think. You, you also use the word mundane. And I think we somehow have gotten it into our head because of the world, right? Right. That mundane is not important. Right. But where would we be without those mundane tasks that have to be done on a regular basis?
1: Right. And I think about that all the time, because I think of, of um, I mean, I, And again, I guess that's what compelled me to write the book to an extent, but I struggle with like, you know, every day at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm just like, can I rest? Did I do enough? You know? And I don't think that we realize that, you know, the laundry I did or the grocery shopping or taking my son to get a haircut, you know, it was, it's all part of my job and my functioning, you know, to keep my family and, and everything going. And I think we just we discount those things. Like we take it for granted that you have to load the dishwasher or you have to cook a meal. Um, And, and it's, I don't know, it's just ridiculous really, you know? And I, um, but I've been so, I guess brainwashed by society for so long that it's really, I, I mean, that's what I mean. Like for me, I have to really make an effort to, um, you know, to kind of know this is important. I am enough. What I, you know, God said I was enough when he died on the cross for me. I don't have to do anything and stay in bed all day if I want, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, um, but I, I, it's just this kind of continuous, um, dialogue as I unroot those messages from the world and reroute myself in my faith. Um, but the book does give practical at the end of each chapter, it gives, um, You know, the different ways that you can practice mercy in your home, in your community and in your relationship with God. And so I think that if you are really looking for some, you know, practical ideas, and I think I think they're good because I think they help expand. They will help uh, the reader expand their understanding of what mercy is and what mercy looks like, you know. Yeah,
0: I I think that's really, that's important. Um, And I did, I saw that there were some practical ideas in each of the, at the end of each chapter, as well as Mm -hmm. um, some prayer. And there's a lot of scripture and saint quotes and different quotes in the book. So it definitely um, offers a lot of food for thought and perspective, which I think is great. You also reminding me that when we extend mercy it's a reminder for ourselves that God has mercy on us. Mm -hmm. You know, this whole idea, have I, have I done enough? Have I done enough? Well, if we're really honest, are we ever really done with what we could do in a day? I mean, I don't know. I very rarely by the end of the day think, Oh my goodness, I checked everything off my list. Right. Like there's not one thing undone that I would like to have accomplished. Well, that that just doesn't happen. And, and maybe it's because I have too many things on my list that I think are important. I don't know what the answer is, but it's mercy. It's when I say to myself, like, what would I say to someone else who said that to me? You know, how would, would I have mercy on that person? Or would I say, get up off the couch. You're being lazy. You're being a slug. You need to do more. No, right. I would probably say, relax. Can I get you a cup of tea? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Or a glass of wine. Whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. And so it's when we extend mercy, I think that we realize that the most, most of the time the person we're least merciful to is ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And I, I'm so grateful that you made that point because I, I mean, that is, I mean, that, like I said, at the, at that end of that year of doing mercy, I, you know, when I really had time to reflect and, you know, kind of step back from it all, I was just like, what, you know, like I've, I've got to, I've got to change some things in my life, you know, my thinking and, and thought pattern and everything. Cause I was really hard on myself and, um, And again, you know, I mean, I'm 48, I'll be 49 this year, you know, so it's been a while since I've done the, you know, kind of embarked on this journey, but it's something I'm still working on. You know, I think it's a constant um, reminder, but I will tell you that it was a, an absolute game changer in my faith because before I recognized God's just extravagant mercy to each of us to every one of us I never could wrap my head around the fact that he could really love me and now and so it was like you know because but because of mercy it makes sense to me you know because if would he could he ever love Laura because she's enough no but because of his mercy he can love me and he does love me and that and just that changed everything, Deanna. I mean, just knowing like, okay, then, then it, it allowed me to really enter into that relationship with God more, you know, because before I think it's like, you know, you, you stay on the periphery because you don't feel worthy. You know, you don't feel like you, you um, are holy enough or good enough are forgiven enough. Um, and, and I just love you know, thinking that no, God thinks I'm enough. I mean, I really feel like I could just contemplate that for the rest of my life because it's 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 so um like I said, it's just been such a game changer in my faith. And I feel like if other people are in that position, you know, where where they haven't really accepted God's love for them, um, and they may not know it. You know, it's if you would have asked me at 39 or 40, does God love you? I'd be like, yeah, he loves me. I mean, I've gone to church my whole life. I, you know, it's like, you know this, but I didn't really let it in, um, until I understood mercy. Mercy was, was that bridge for me.
0: So it sounds like mercy was the bridge that took it from your head to your soul.
1: Yes. Perfect.
0: And, and really just lets you live that way. Um, right. And that's the beauty of, our faith, that it's not instantaneous. We we don't, the minute we say, okay, we're giving our life to, to Christ, you know, when we're baptized and we receive the sacraments, it's not a lightning bolt necessarily that happens and all of a sudden we have all the answers and we have it all together. It's just this gradual coming to know God, entering more fully into relationship with him and relying on him and his love and his mercy to, keep entering more into the relationship with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not what I'm doing. It's he's meeting me. Right. He's meeting me right there. But we, we keep thinking it's, we have to keep doing something and we don't, we really right. don't. Right. We have to be open. You
1: know, right.
0: We have to be willing. But other than that, God is going to reveal himself to us and, and draw yeah. us close to him. So yeah. we could, I could probably talk to you for at least like another half an hour or so, but we probably should start wrapping it up. So where is this book available?
1: The book is available now on, um, it's still pre-order, but it, it, um, it will be released soon. And it is on amazon.com. Um, it's also on our Sunday visitors website, um, books a million. So just wherever books are sold, if you have a local bookstore, um, you know, certainly try to support them. Here in Jacksonville, we have San Marco bookstore. Um, but anyways, but but I do um I would love for people to um to read it and um I'd love to hear from them, hear their thoughts about the book, because it's meaningful to me.
0: It it really is a very good book. I I enjoyed it when I when I read I it do. in preparation for a little chat. Um I, Okay. Just left my brain. Uh, yes. Your website. Um, oh, my website
1: is Laura Patangan.com. And so I'll I know I have a funky, I have a funky name. There's no U in the, there's no U in the Laura. It's Laura L A R A. And, um, and the last name is, you know, lots of A's to P A T A N G A N, but it, it will be on your link, but LauraPetangan.com And, um, and, and I, yeah, and I write about, I write a blog, I write about mercy every week and just my own faith journey. So I would love for people to join that.
0: And I, you'd also mentioned that people could download a sample of the book.
1: Yes. Well, there's a, um, a study guide, a free study guide ah, okay. on my website. So, um, so that's available. And I know our Sunday visitor will release the first chapter of the book and I will probably put that on my website too. I just haven't done it yet.
0: Okay, very good. So yeah. I will drop those uh, links in the show notes as well as Laura's Instagram and yes, Instagram Facebook and, and website. Facebook. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so it's a, it's a lot of fun to follow people, um, especially people who are going to be talking about mercy, which is something I think we could all use a little more conversation right. about. So right. we do have a not lukewarm challenge for this week, and Laura is going to give it to us.
1: Um, I'm, I am love this part of your program. It's my favorite part of the program. I think it's because, you know, we always want like a takeaway. What can I go do, you know? Um, so my lukewarm challenge is for our listeners to, um, to try to do one work of mercy today and to, rec- to recognize it as a work of mercy. Um, and again, this does not mean you need to call your local nonprofit. Um, this could, you know... This could be forgiving somebody. This could be, um, you know, making a special meal for somebody. You know, just there's so many different ways to do it. And, um, but that's not all. <laughs> your challenge is also to to find a way to accept a mercy in your life today. And um, and there are so many people. That's the beautiful thing that give us mercy every day. And and just to, to recognize that. Just to recognize. How beautiful it was that your friend called and checked on you to see how you know your day went, or your spouse asked you, or your your child acknowledged your existence. I have teenagers, so that's a big one, you know. Here, um, but just to recognize that the mercy that was that is available to you today, because I think you know mercy is we're we're a beautiful people, you know. I think God is in each of us, and um, and I think it's really instinctive that we do these things, um, for each other. And so just kind of recognize that cause I, it, it'll make your day, you, you know, you're just going to feel so much, so much better about yourself and the world and your neighbor. So I like
0: that. So extend yeah. a mercy and receive a mercy. Yes. And, um, I'm not going to place bets on what's harder for a lot of women, Right. <laughs> But I think the, uh, that is a great challenge because it does encompass both aspects of mercy, right. giving and receiving. So, right. Laura, thank you so very much for being a part of the podcast today. And I hope that your book goes well. And again, anywhere you want to find books, Simple Mercies uh, will be available the end of May through Our Sunday Visitor and Amazon.com. So everyone have a great week. God bless you. And again, thank you so very much.
1: Thank you, Deanna.
0: Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on NotLukewarmPodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about, or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at com.